Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. There's a place <laughs> where you first begin to come to gain knowledge of God. I've known many intellectuals, believe it or not, many people of great intellect. And they have, as it were, a gift, the ability to retain information that they read. You know, just they just have it. They can read something. They can grasp it immediately. They can retain all manner of information. And some of them become people who become great orators. In other words, they simply have an innate or an intrinsic skill about how to put things together, teach different you know, lessons about different issues. But the thing I'm trying to get at is I've had to learn the hard way in my own life. It's embarrassing when I look back at my own life. I remember, again, when I was introduced to Christianity after, you know, God saved me out of the teen challenge, out of drug addiction and prison and all that kind of stuff. And um, when I began to really, God gave me a hunger to study. And when I began to study this book, I be I you know I just by fact of studying I gained a lot of knowledge I learned a lot of scriptures so if somebody asked me do you know what you know Mark 11:23 says I'll say yeah I know that verse all I'm I don't know why I'm starting out like this this morning but the thing is it took me years to understand that you can have knowledge of a verse but no revelation of it at all that you can have intellectually, you can have intellectually grasped scripture and yet never understood what it was trying to communicate. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it, it only comes, like I said, I think with age. I get tired of saying that same statement lately. But suddenly you realize that yet God, you know, does, the scripture says he is taking us from strength to strength levels. From faith to faith, from glory to glory. And you begin to look back and you, it's just suddenly knowledge worked with becomes wisdom. Because you begin to put it to work. Instead of just quoting it, you do become a doer of it. And only when you become a doer of it do you become a reaper of the promises that are therein. God really, really, really wants us to have revelation of who He is in our individual lives. He really does. You can go to church your entire life and never be saved. You can go to church your entire life, never ever discover the promises that God has made to you through the covenant that He's made between Christ and our, ourselves. You can go to church your whole life and never receive or and or receive the actual promises that Scripture says are part of your inheritance. And to me, I think about that, and I think, what a, you know, what an incredible shame. And I read a simple illustration, I think, just yesterday about something. And it's like, let's say that you were, you're, many, 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 many people in church are still in prison. I understand prison. And they have a, a lock on their door. They're locked into something. 
and they have like 35 keys. They have like 35 keys, but they will never actually be free until they find the key that fits the lock on their door. And the only way they can do that is to pursue it. That's all I'm trying to say. You have to pursue it. You have to start looking for that thing which is particularly unique to your need. That word, that key that unlocks your situation. In God's word, there are keys. For You know, he said, behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Every single tool to unlock any given situation in your life is within this book. I don't care who you are, what your background is, what your dream is, whatever it is. There are keys here waiting for you to discover, but you first have to exert the effort of getting into the book and searching through it. It's just that simple. I know where I got it. I was reading Charles Spurgeon's devotions. He had this in a devotions of his. It's right here. The answer that you need is right here. Hallelujah. It's in this book. And you can actually own one of these books too. But it is. It really, really is. So I, just before I, this isn't what I'm teaching this morning. But before we start, we, I just pray. I really want every single one of you to pray that Ephesians prayer over and over again. And really pray it, not just say it. That God would grant you that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation, where it's revealed, where suddenly you see the key to your healing. I don't care, 55,000 people might have been healed through this way, but God can heal you this way. That song, one of the songs we sing this morning, somebody help me with the lyric, the lyric where it says, you know, something about a melody and that song of deliverance. What's it do? What's the, what's the lyric? I'm no longer a slave to sin, but then it says something about, go back, go to the other one, go to some, yeah, you unravel me with a melody, Let, yeah, this one, right. you surround me with the song of deliverance for my enemies, all my fears are gone. All those years ago when Julie and I, and again, this isn't what I, just not what I was planning on sharing, but all those years ago when uh, uh, Julie and I were in California, a long time ago, not this liver thing that I went through in 2012, but, you know, they had a blood test. They did a blood test on me. I don't know when and had a blood test. It was what? During the call, just before Julie did the call and ready. But anyhow, I just had a blood test. And the doctor said, you know, your blood's coming up funny. I'd like to send you to somebody else. And basically, the somebody else they sent me to, when I walked in the door, it said oncology. Well, I was smart enough to know that oncology means cancer. And you kind of say, I don't want to really go into this place and have another blood test. But the guy does a blood test on me, and then he basically called me back in a matter of hours. I don't remember exactly how long, but he said, Mr. Anderson, we're going to send your blood to Los Angeles. He said, we need to find out whether or not you have leukemia or blood, or I forget what, yeah, but leukemia or one other kind of cancer. I mean, he gave me two choices, leukemia or bone cancer. And I said, oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I walked out of there stunned. And I went to, back to the house, shared with Julie, we prayed. But we were supposed to just be coming back to England like two days later, three days later, whatever it was. It may not be exactly accurate. But what the point is, is Julie had to come back. I had to stay. So I stayed by myself in this house that we had at the time. All I'm trying to get at is this. 
It's amazing how God does stuff. If you just have faith, if you actually, God will, God will speak to you in a million different ways. He will, you know. But I remember in this particular thing, I remember we had a piano in the house, and anybody knows I can't play piano, but, you know, I'm like, any, I'm like one of these guys. I love to sit at it and just, hmm, <laughs> And I sat down, and I just began to do that. Because Julie had gone, I'm in this house by myself, and I'm sitting here, and I, I'm, you know, day after day, we're supposed to have the results back in three or four days, Mr. Anderson. Five days went, six. You got to understand when you're sitting there, eight days, nine full days waiting to hear whether or not you've got bone cancer or leukemia. You know what I mean? I'm trying to say your head does go through a few trips, to say the least. But the power of God is amazing. And I was just reading along. Oh, what the heck? Turn to Psalm 18 for a moment. But you can leave that up there. Whatever. It's all right. I think it's Psalm 18. Like I said, I wasn't planning on doing this. I just, I, you know, I, I hope this doesn't sound funny when I say this. I actually read the Bible. Is that okay? And so I was sitting here and I had the Bible on the piano. And I'm just sitting there going, hmm, 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 hmm. You know, not really, because I can't play the piano, but I'm just hitting some notes. And suddenly, I, I was just reading, and like we're trying, what I'm trying to get to you is this. In every, like I said, in every one of your situations, there's keys. But you've got to look for them. You can't sit back and say, oh, well, I hope something good happens. That You can't do that. You have to be forward thinking. You have to be active. You have to be a doer. You have to put yourself and apply yourself to knowledge and apply yourself to wisdom. And so I have the, you know, God's at least allowed me that much intelligence. I know where to go. I go to this book. And like I've learned, you know, when I was Dr. Cole, when you need courage, you go to the book of Psalms. Because that's like, you know, constantly David found his courage. And he's the one that wrote all these Psalms. And again, I think, like I said the other day, it really struck me when I realized that this, the book of Psalms was Jesus's prayer book. You ever thought about that? This was the liturgy of Jesus Christ. This is what he prayed from as well. But anyhow, so I'm sitting here at this piano, and I started reading um, from, well, the verses that hit me. Verse 16, 17, and 18. But it says, I just was reading along. Well, okay, re- so, forgive me. Well, he, never mind. Verse 16, he reached from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Verse 17, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated and abhorred me for they were too strong for me. Verse 18, they confronted and came upon me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay and my support. Verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He was delivering me because he was pleased with me and delighted in me. Man, that stuff just something it like it, it just jumped out of the page and like grabbed me by the throat and said, "No fear. Amen. My God will reach from on high, and He will draw me out of these many waters, and He will deliver me from my strong enemy." That was too strong for me that came upon me in the day of my trouble. And I mean, I just sat there and like, you know, I can't sing. I mean, every once in a while I hit a right note. <laughs> but I just hit these keys and I started singing this. You know, I just started singing this thing. I started saying, he reached from on high. He took me, drew me out of many waters. 
and he delivered me. And I mean, just exactly what happened. He surrounded me with the song from my enemies, of deliverance from my enemies, and all my fear left. God wants to do that for every single one of us. God wants to do that for every single one of us. Music this morning, I turned to Julie and she was funny because almost at the same breath she said the same thing. I said, we're actually touching intercession this morning in the worship. You know, it started just a little bit after, or a little bit before Angela started singing about, you know, the bricks coming down, every brick by brick by brick, that thing. And suddenly in the realm of the Spirit, God began to use the music and that, and things began to come down. I said things began to come down because there was faith somehow. Every once in a while we slip up and do something right. And faith actually gets attached to the truth. And when faith and the truth come together, there's always an explosion of almightiness available in the room. I said there's always an explosion of almightiness. That's the definition of miracle in the Bible. The definition of the word miracle in the Greek is, quote, explosion of almightiness. (laughs) And this morning we began to touch some of those things. God will surround you with the song. This is a song book. The book of Psalms is a song book, right? You do know that, right? Shake your head yes. Please tell me you know, or at least you know now. It's a song book. Many of you need to lose your dignity. What I mean, like, you know, about David, quit being so dignified, quit being so dignified that you don't lean into some of these things that may appear childish to you. But listen, anything, 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 anything that you enter into, when you first begin, normally there's that sense of awkwardness. You know, when you first get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you do begin to speak in tongues, and some people get an incredibly immediate, fluent language. I always remember my friend Doug, this guy, he, 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 when he first got filled with the Holy Ghost, he had one syllable. It used to drive me nuts. Seriously. He'd, he'd start to pray in tongues. He'd go, B, 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 B. That's exactly what he did. B, 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 B. And we'd be praying together, and I'd go, God, I, Father, get this dude delivered from B. You know, get, get him to, seriously, I, I actually pray, get him to C, D, E, and F or something. You know, bless his heart. But, you know, within a matter of time, it's a, it is a prayer language. It becomes more and more fluent. That everything you enter into with God, you have to start somewhere. And as the old joke goes, you need to start from the beginning. Amen. You don't try to build a foundation in midair. But God is supernatural. His words are supernatural in composition. And he wants to show himself alive in you, in every single one of you. He wants to show himself alive. He's not a man that he should lie. But you can't have the... The attitude, the intellectual attitude that I'm going to come to a church. I'm going to find a church where the man up front really has power. That's actually, that's a wonderful thing. But, you know, that's not what really happens nowadays. When God's, he's moving in the midst of the congregation nowadays by people laying hands on each other. 
instead of always running out the front looking for a blessing. Now, we'll still pray for the sick. We'll do all of that. But I'm just saying, you know, what God is doing right now is not contained or con- contained, yeah, rather by the old way he, well, the way that we were doing things, you know, a whole generation ago. I'm just trying to say, give yourself to the word. Give yourself to the grace that's available to every single one of you. And actually make a decision to get into this thing and say, Lord, and just be like a child. Lord, please Please, please, oh God, teach me, show me, grant me revelation about what I'm reading right now. Okay? So I'm going to read two, maybe two more verses, and then I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. Everybody's going to love me today, because we're not going to go to 37 hours. Hallelujah, because we started late anyhow. I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 2 for a moment. And I'm going to just simply read. I'm starting right in the middle of a situation that the Apostle John is speaking to. But verse 20, 1 John 2.20. 1 John 2.20. He said, but you, and here when he's speaking of you, he's speaking to the body of Christ. Every Christian, if you are born again in this room, then right now this is he's speaking this to you. But you have been, not going to be, you have been anointed. By you hold a sacred appointment from you have been given an unction from the Holy One and you know the truth or you know all things. Now just stop and look at that. But you have been anointed. You have been past tense. You have been anointed by you hold a sacred appointment from the Holy One. You've been given an unction from the Holy One and you know the truth or you know all things. He's talking to the church here, and the Apostle John is saying, You've already got the answer within you. You already have the answer within you. The solution is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you, the book of Luke says. You already have an unction, but the key to this is why I came up well, a couple of weeks ago in the middle of worship about it. You... You have to learn to be sensitive to the unction. That means the prompt when you feel this, this something here. Remember, as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the adult sons of God. Remember, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, where we get pneumatic, air, like air pressure. We're to be led, and remember, again, when I've taught on that, I'm just pulling from a lot of stuff because I'm doing all this spontaneously right now. But remember the word pneuma for spirit. It means a puff of air. And that's if you (laughs) to be to find out your actual destiny. To really discover God's will for your life. You have to learn to quiet yourself enough that you can feel or hear this. Remember the, the a prophet in the Old Testament? God spoke to him and said, it's not going to be in the earthquake. It's not going to be in the fire. It's going to be like the breeze blowing through the leaves of a tree. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. Numa, air, spirit, breath. 
You're going to have to, in today, why it's so difficult is because, again, today is it not true that most of humanity cannot stand it if there's not some kind of noise in the background? Do you know what I mean? You have to have something on all the time. And we all know the verse. He said, but you have to be still. I mean, I didn't write that verse. Be still and know that I am God. So practice the presence of God. Force yourself to turn stuff off. Get in a dark room. Put your Bible on your lap. Shut your eyes. And look up to heaven. And say, Father, your word says I have an unction already within me. The Holy One already lives in me. I'm filled with your spirit. I give myself over to your guidance. Speak to me. Now, don't look for God to speak to you in a sentence or in 47 different words. Look everywhere you go. You might see a sign on the side of a truck. You might hear somebody in a passing conversation, something is said. But all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've found that particular key to your situation. And then you do, bless God, once you find it, just like I grabbed hold of that. I mean, I, it just hit me so deep, I didn't try to memorize it. You have reached from above in Jesus' name, and you have drawn me out of many waters, and you've, blessed God, delivered me from my strong enemy. I don't know, I meant, I just kept saying that, and I was singing it, though I can't sing. You know, it's okay to sing when you're alone, because nobody's listening. But I just sang that to God, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I do not have leukemia. In the name of Jesus, I will not have bone cancer. In the name of Jesus Christ, it's simply not my destiny. It is not my destiny. So, Father, I thank you again that you've drawn me out of many waters. I mean, you saw me in that situation, and you drew me out of the ocean itself. You knew exactly what part of the sea I was in, and you reached down with your loving hands, and you took hold of me, and you drew me out of many waters, and you delivered me from my enemy that was too strong for me. God will give every single one of you, every single one of you, a rhema like that. He really will. He's no respecter of persons, but you've got to want it. And don't tell me you want it if you're not going to work for it. When I used to minister in the prisons all the time in the States, I always remember ministering to this one guy that was like, he was super gangster. Everybody knew him in the western United States. And uh, he always wanted me to come see him up in Soledad State Prison, one of the meanest prisons in California. And I looked at him. They wouldn't let you be in him with him because he was whatever. But he, he, I, I had known him in the past. He was everybody was scared to death of this guy because he was he was a, he was he was he was bad. He was a killer. And uh, so I get the I get asked. I mean, I get allowed to come in to the prison, but I had to stand on this side of the fence. And Tommy's walking in the yard with about fifteen groupies, if you know what I mean, because everybody knows. This dude, he's just got dishonorized. And I yelled from the fence, said, Tommy, you big punk, come here. And boy, the, the whole place like went, who on earth is calling this dude a punk? Is that what I mean? And he turns around, he looks over there, and he looks at me and goes, Rod, is that you? I said, yeah. 
And he came over and he told all of his group to hang away. And he came up to me and he said, what are you doing, man? I said, would you believe I'm preaching? He goes, what? I mean, he just, you know. But, and he said, and we talked for about just 15, 20 minutes. And he said, man, he said, you know, I, Rod, I, you know, I know, I know you. I never, ever, 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 ever would have believed it. But he said, I know you. And I said, I know if you're telling me this, it's true. He said, and he looked me right in the face. He said, I'd give anything. I'd give anything if I could get out of here. But I got another 26 years to do, you know. I'd give anything to get out of here. And I looked back at him. I said, Tommy, you just said you'll do anything. You'll do anything to get out of here. I said, you know what? If you'll do anything, there's a God that's so big that he'll work miracles in your life. If you'll do anything. But I said, if you won't do, I said, do you really want to be free? And he said, yeah, I want to be free. And I said, well, well, then if you really want to be free, if you really want to be free, you'll do what it takes to get free. Otherwise, you don't really want to be free. You're just playing a game. And I said, I'll come back next year and visit you. And I'll come back the following year and visit you. And I'll come back the following year and visit you because I love you. And he just looked me straight in the eyes and he looked around to make sure there's nobody around and he started to wipe all these big old tears and trying to look cool because he didn't want anybody to see him, didn't want to look weak. And he said, Rod, will you come? Will you come see me in the visiting center? Because I was doing this chapel thing. Anyhow, long story short, I got a hold of Tommy. Tommy got a hold of God. He had 26 more years to go. 18 months later, he was released. And he's pastoring a church in Nevada right now. See, if you want to be free, you do what it takes to get free. Right here's a book. Right here's a book. It's I've proved it in my life. I was watching Brian Houston on TV this morning a little bit. Doesn't you know? David spoke. He was quoting this psalm where David said, "You'll be with me in the night season." And he was talking about, "I don't care who you are, how great you are. There are night seasons that you go through." David went through, and we'll all go through night seasons. Hallelujah! But God's made it so that you know, light always comes after the night. Just that simple. Oh, I guess I'm done. I just wanted to tell you this morning. You've got. Keys that'll unlock whatever the flipping thing is that you really have a disagreement with, or whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever this messing with your life, it's in here. Get in the New Testament, begin to read, pray that prayer out of Ephesians one. Father, grant me that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Flood my, like one translation says, flood my heart with light. Or it says, open the eyes of my understanding that I can see. God's not a man that he should lie. You keep on thanking God. You pray once and then you keep on thanking. God is not a man that he should lie. You start praying that, he will open your eyes. He will flood your heart with light. And you'll begin to walk toward his perfect plan for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no man or woman on planet earth that has breath in their lungs that doesn't have a miraculous future ahead of them. All they have to do is say, here am I, O Lord. Amen. Come up, worship team. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. 
For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.